This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Chip's in the house. He's in the house. He's Chip's going to start the show with an, an amazing nugget, Kenny. All right. Go, Chip. Yeah, Chip. Wow, you put me on a spot. Chip's yeah. produ- Chip is the executive producer <laughs> of the That's opening right. bell today. A lot of pressure. It's right all happening. Are you ready, Chip? I am all ready. Right. All right, here we go. We are going to count down. <laughs> We're counting down. What's countdown out right now, Phil? 20, 19, 18. All right, here we go. Okay. Back into the front court, measuring a three, a long one on the way. Got it again. James Harden is feeling it once again. 16 points. Eight straight here for the Rockets, courtesy of James Harden. They hit us pretty good, and, uh, you know, we couldn't sustain it. So, um, you know, the, the way they... Uh, you know, shot the ball was a, was a problem. I thought we played well in the first half. Third quarter, we didn't play well. And, uh, you know, you, you can't do that against a team like this. We learned a lot. You know, it, it was, you know, you're playing a number one seed and 65 win team, and they've had a great season. And your margin of error is very small. And so, you know, I thought, you know, when you lose Jimmy, you're losing your best perimeter defender. So that's that's a, that's a problem. All right, let's uh, let's actually have Chip throw. The, we were, we were talking Chip to guy can start to be and start to be to come. Uh, you threw a nugget out. We stopped you right before we turned the mics on. <laughs> Give us the Stop! nugget. Yeah. So in the one game that the Wolves won in the yeah. series. So I, I tweeted that in the first half of that that game three, it just felt like the Rockets could not make anything, and yeah. it wasn't necessarily great defense. It was just they were missing shots. And I, so I tweeted, I said, it's amazing how many open three pointers the Rockets are missing. And Chris Hine, who is our new analytics writer, which I'm going to put a plug in for him. If you're not reading his work at the Star Tribune, it's fantastic. I mean, he's brought uh, an element to our, to our coverage that's unique. But uh, Chris tweeted back at me, he said, and this would have been game three. Last game, the Rockets had 34 three-point attempts that were considered, quote, open or, quote, wide open per <laughs> NBA.com metrics. And NBA and I, NBA.com is the best is the yeah. best for fans. That means, f- I think, a defender at least four yeah, feet away, he right? he said that meant nobody nobody within four feet of the shooter. They're just missing them. And it's that's how it was. It wasn't... You knew at some point what happens when those things go start going in, because they're going to go yeah. in based yep. on who they are. And then we saw in the third quarter of that game, they did go in. They scored well, 50 points, I'll, and then they went in last night. And I'll add another one here. And, I mean, this is all under the – this is this is the Wolves' autopsy hour, by the way. So yeah. if, if you guys – we can open up Wolves' vent line, 651-646-8255. Um, I mean, we've talked about – by we, I mean the Timberwolves. Grit and intensity and wanting it more. 
they got beat by the Rockets, and they would have gotten beat by a handful of other teams too. Not because of a lack of intensity or a lack of experience or any of those things. They got beat because of math and efficiency. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you just look at the three-pointers made, just if, if the only numbers you looked at in this series were the three-pointers made, that stat reflected the result of the game. There were three games in which the Warriors either doubled or tripled up the Wolves in three-pointers made, and those were the three games which were the most decisive. There was a game where they actually both hit 15 three-pointers in which the Wolves won. And that was the one where they missed 34 they, right. open. Yeah. Which was yeah. mostly like luck that the Rockets didn't Correct. make more of them. Yeah. And then there was another game where it was 10 to 8 Rockets three-pointers made, and it was that was game one. It was mm-hmm. a little bit closer. So if you add all that up, the Wolves were outscored by almost 100 points in this series from the three-point line. And I, How good do you have to be in every other area to make up for that? And I would venture to guess, if you asked the Rockets, they would say, by and large, they had obviously great quarters, historic quarters, but they didn't shoot it that well at times. I mean, there are times... And they, they knew that fully well. Yeah. And they didn't care. The D'Antoni stuff, it to me, that TNT showed was so good and so compelling, not because of, of necessarily what he said, but the way he said it, which was, in every case, we might be, be behind, but go out there, Play some defense, shoot threes, and we'll win. Yeah. And, I mean, there was never there was never a playoff intensity of okay, gentlemen, we got to buckle down now. There was always this sort of just carefree. You go out there and you shoot your threes, and we're gonna win, and we'll and we'll win quickly. And that's the thing. I mean, you always hear it's kind of cliche. Is like, what happens when the shots don't fall in those games? And I'm sure there's stretches. We saw it in this series where the, the shots don't fall, and maybe they lose that game, but. More likely than not, they are going to fall, yeah. and then you you somehow have to be able to match their ability to make that many threes. I mean, they're gambling in a seven-game series against the best teams in the NBA. The Rockets are gambling that they're going to fall at least four times in seven games, and in those four games, they aren't going to lose. Mm. And even in a couple games where they don't fall, they still have ways to win. They still have ways to get to the free-throw free, line. Yeah. Let's play a clip here. This is Tom Thibodeau, mostly positive, reflective Tom Thibodeau after the game last night. To get out of the hole that we were in, to win 47 games, uh, to get into the playoffs after 14 years of not being in the playoffs, uh, to do it in a very tight playoff race, uh, to finish one game out of the fourth spot, it's a major jump from where we were two years ago. And so uh, we have to take all the things that we learned uh, this past season and we have to make uh, a commitment to continue to improve. But I, you know, I'm very proud of what this team did. It was not easy, um, and they fought like crazy to get it done. Now, boys, I will tell you right now that that, that is that Tibbs said that in the postgame last night in preparation for that will be word for word what he is going to tell Glenn Taylor when they sit down and Taylor says, you know, some of the stuff you do seems really odd, and and I don't know the people li- like you that that much, and and you yell constantly, and tell me what, tell me Tom, w- what the plan is here, uh, uh, starting now going f- forward with 2018-19. I think what he said last night is very reflective of what he's going to say, which is funny because for a man who you could tell doesn't practice patience, he is essentially going to tell Glenn we still have to be a bit more patient. Yeah, and well. You know, and I think part of that conversation, two things is, how are you going to keep Butler here? And how is this not just going to be a short 
time stay for him. And then the other thing is, what in the world are you going to do with Wiggins? How are you going to – you can't go through another year like that with him. You've got to figure out how to play those three together. Yeah. Well, and then if you could sum up that quote from Tom Thibodeau, he's saying, look, we changed the culture here. In fact, he may have said that verbatim last night. We, we, yeah. we changed the culture here, and he's citing the jump and wins. And, yes, I mean, in a vacuum, the culture was changed from 14 years of futility to almost 50 wins – and a playoff berth, and they even beat the Rockets in one of the games. They beat one of the best teams, you know, in the NBA the last 10 years. But I think the question is, what can you do now? Okay, yeah, he has shifted the culture. Mm-hmm. But what kind of a ceiling is on his style of leadership and coaching? And I mean, last night, the Rockets are this perfect version of modern basketball where they've got two superstars and this amazing cohesive unit, and they're maximizing efficiency and math. And they're bombing you out of the arena with threes. And you're coming down in response. They've got heavy artillery. And you're driving down there with like a couple of a couple of like pocket knives, right? <laughs> but you're literally taking turnaround, fadeaway, contested mid-range jump shots when the other team is bombing you with threes. And credit to threes. Jim Pete yeah. for pointing that on the broadcast on FSN last night. Yeah, too. I mean, they just sat there and shot corner three after corner three. And it was interesting. Did you guys watch the... Uh, the the post game with with uh, Barkley and, yes. and checking him and they asked him it was, it was basically a wolf segment like okay they had this you know big leap and and wins got to the playoffs you know what is next and 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 Shaq said Tibbs has got to uh, let loose of the reins something let this team run because you can't they're just walking it up every time and trying to get a play every time and it's too hard to do that in the NBA like every single possession you got to run a play and uh, and and you know it's interesting to hear Barkley's perspective and. Take it for what it's worth, but he said he just doesn't see the ceiling being as high as it needs to be with the three guys with with Towns, Wiggins, and, and uh, Butler. Yeah, and like with Butler, I mean, first of all, you have, there's there's a million different things in play here. His knee was was clearly to the point where he couldn't play in the second half. He didn't mm-hmm. play in the fourth quarter last night. He's 29 years old or 28, whatever he is. He's like 28, 29 years old, and a lot of Tom Thibodeau players, like Tom Thibodeau players who play a ton of minutes, burn out early. So is he even a guy that you would forget about, like whether you could recruit him to sign a contract? Is that a guy that you'd want to sign to a five-year contract? I think so. I, don't I mean, know, I man. would. I mean, well, knowing how how hard he works, and you know, he has that Camp Butler he does every offseason out there. In I mean, California. he's awesome right now. I agree, but I, 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 I don't. He's got burnout written on his forehead. At I don't some really point. worry about that as much as I do is his heart here, and does he want to keep playing? Yeah. Uh, with these, because there was there's. Clearly a disconnect. Well, when you he, see doesn't, all the smoke. he doesn't understand why the young guys don't get what, what he gets. Mm-hmm. And but that's what he and Tibbs get. And and it's great if if they're on the same page. But you know, starting with Towns and, and, and Andrew, they they aren't wired like that. And, and that especially is true of of Andrew. So here's my question though: Do you think Chipper that Thibodeau has the ability and willingness to change enough to become a coach who's going to be successful in this league, starting with with an era? Whereas Phil's saying, you now have to shoot threes. You now should move quicker. It just seems like Tibbs believes that his philosophy works, and I don't know if that if that philosophy did work at one time. It I don't works know. To yeah. a, it works to a point, and I don't Does know. Does it work to a championship level? And I don't know now if it continues to work. Yeah, I would. My guess would say no, because he just doesn't strike me as a flexible kind of guy. Right. That is uh, what, very, what do you mean? What, what gives you that impression? <laughs> very rigid. Going on a limb there, Timber. Yeah, I just I don't um, now. Maybe if they. You know, 
tweak their personnel, which they're going to have to do. You, you have to bring in more shooters here. I mean, it's, it's painfully, woefully obvious <laughs> that you have to bring in more shooters. So maybe that will, if he, if he had uh, more to work with in that regards, he, he would. But is he just going to uh, kind of sit on a bench like Brad Stevens and uh, right. <laughs> Steve Kerr and say, Go ahead, go ahead, and you run up and do whatever. You want. No, that's you are who you are. Uh, here's Butler and Towns after the game. Just how happy I am for these guys around this locker room. Uh, how proud I am of everybody to uh, go through what we went through this year and, and give ourselves a fighting chance to win. Um, a really good team Houston is, as we all know. Um, they did their job. They did what they were supposed to do. But uh, that doesn't take away from what we've accomplished this year, and we'll continue to build, and we'll be better next season. The guys like Jeff, Jamal, Todd, Jimmy. All those kind of guys in our locker room, uh, Taj, you know, that, you know, not only this playoff series, but this whole season, you know, learn a lot from them, you know, especially going through the experiences we had to go through this um, this year. Um, I've learned a lot, especially in this playoffs, you know, you understand, uh, you know, a little bit of the difference, you know, between regular season, uh, postseason, you know, uh, we haven't been there in like 14 years. So um, there's experience that needed to be garnered if we wanted to take that next step. Um, you know, we came up short tonight, but uh, we're very confident in ourselves uh, leading up to next year. Gents, let, let's pause for a minute. Let's come back and talk about the third guy in that equation. Chip brought him up. I think Wiggins warrants exploring the space here when we come back. Uh, Chip's hanging out with us from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. And we can we can open up Wolves' vent lines this hour, too. If you want to chime in, help with this autopsy, 651-646-8255. The NFL Draft. We're going to have that tonight on 1500 ESPN, and we're going to have coverage from the Vikings practice facility. We're going to have coverage Facebook Live and uh, on-air updates from the studio with me and Judd and 1500ESPN.com Purple Podcast. So plenty into draft. Lou Nanny at the top of the hour. Greg Wyshynski at uh, 11 o'clock. Roy Smalley at 1130. We are jam-packed today. Let's talk first before we dive into Andrew Wiggins. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, where you can... This is this is actually the best place to find out the value of your used vehicle, and uh, you can just you can either find out the value and put that in your back pocket. You can get a check if uh, if you'd like if you like Luther Brookdale Toyota's offer. It doesn't even have to be a Toyota, any make, any model. Um, I've gone through this experience before. In as little as fifteen minutes or less, you'll get an appraisal, no strings attached, uh, no obligations, nothing. And then if you want, maybe you use that money to upgrade into a brand new 2018 model, some sort of a Camry or a Corolla. The Camrys, the 2018s, definitely worth a test drive here. Uh, the Sport model has that sunroof. The exterior on all of the different uh, Camry models has more of a sporty look to it, too. And upgraded safety features, upgraded interior with Entune System 3.0, 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Mackie and Judd now continue. Just press play. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> Hard back into the front court, measuring a three, a long one on the way. Got it again. James Harden is feeling it once again. 16 points. Eight straight here for the Rockets, courtesy of James Harden. All right, Timberwolves. All right, let's make it official here. Chip Scoggins is with us from the Star Tribune. StarTribune.com. Where was that quote cool from? I don't remember that. It was after they beat the Nuggets, right? And they yeah, had, there, like there, were, fans there were fans or something, in or back of the, pre- oh, that's right, of the that's presser, right. yeah, and they're, they're like, Tibbs, way to go, way to go, Tibbs. <laughs> and he was super pumped up. 
All right, Timberwolves. And that's, that's all I could say. <laughs> your Questions? Oh, man. Uh, no! So, hat tip to Twitter follower Craig for digging up this quote. He tweeted this at us this morning. This is from Andrew Wiggins. This was posted on Timberwolves.com. Sometime, I don't know if the quote's from shoot-around, but it was the, the quote was posted yesterday yeah. before the game. The Wolves are facing elimination tonight against the Rockets in Houston, trailing 3-1 to one in the seven-game series. Minnesota is aware of the circumstances, and the Wolves intend on giving every ounce of effort to extend the series. Quote from Andrew Wiggins, We've got to come out from the start. Go at them and be aggressive. Play like it's our last game, because it might be. <laughs> Go out there and play like our lives Depend on it. Andrew Wiggins went 5 of 14 from the field, most of it in garbage time, by the way. Zero assists, zero steals, and by my count, zero pulse. (laughs) Wow. Well, and it was, it probably fired up Twitter because it got me fired up when you hear Reggie Miller basically pleading with him to engage Show some emotion here. Show yes. some competitive fight. And he, he must re- win game. He, uh, I, as soon as I heard it, I started like tried to type the quote, just yeah. like, oh my god, what is he? I should have captured the audio or the video, but and I couldn't find it anywhere this morning. Like, he see, he called Wiggins very nonchalant. You got to be into this man. He said, you got to be into this man. Yeah, uh, you can do other things when you're not scoring. You can rebound. You can play defense. And like it's, it's amazing how Kyle and I were tweeting back and forth about this. The old school guys, Shaq and Barkley, these Hall of Fame caliber players who might be a little bit get off my lawn yeah. and, you know, three yeah. pointers and, you know, back in my day, but how much they resent the talent, the gap between the talent and the want to with Wiggins and early in the series with Carl Anthony Towns. Too. Well, there, there was just a couple, and there's probably more than a couple, but I mean, the one time where he comes down and I, I don't know if it's Harden or someone else just basically took the ball out of his hands, just. Yeah, it was a fifty. I don't even know if it's fifty fifty ball. He just took it right no, out of his hands. It wasn't. He had. And, it. and there was one. It was a ninety ten ball because yeah. it was Wiggins. And yeah. then and then there was a. Um, I was just telling you, uh, at third or fourth quarter, somebody came off the wing, uh, off the drive, off the pick and roll, driving to the middle, and Wiggins was guarding. Uh, air, uh, air. Yeah, but he he was he was supposed to be help side defense. Yeah, and. <laughs> There's no help side. The, the drive is coming, coming to the free throw line, and he just sticks his hand out. I think he doesn't I've, move his feet. He just sticks his hand yeah. out and then pulls it back. It's like, I feel like that it, is not help side it defense. It looked like a preseason game. We need to put an alarm watch on him. Like something that goes off every like 15 minutes just to make sure he's awake. Hey, fourth quarter, elimination. <laughs> elimination game. And it's, it's, you know, it's not fair when you lose a series to dump on one guy. But he's become an easy target. And it's just, to me, it's maddening when you watch a guy that has that kind of skill and you have to have Reggie Miller saying, "Come on, man, seriously, let's but it, go." But it is fair because of this chip. This and this is where it becomes completely fair. Game three, yeah. When you play as well as you can in game three, there's no excuse for last night. Like you can't come back and say, "I just had a bad." No, you didn't. Yeah. No, you didn't. This is this is so. This is you are not a bust. You are not a bad player. This is solely about what you choose to do with, with God-given athletic talent that, by the way, is off the charts. And I, I'll go back to what that post game with, with uh, Barkley and, and Kenny Smith. When he went to him, he said, he said, Wiggins is lost. And for whatever reason, in this three-headed thing, he's lost. And so, and I agree. I mean, this whole year, he just never really figured out how he's going to fit with this. And I think it affected his shooting. I mean, he's, you know, he's last night, in game's not going to, they're not going to win a game, but he go up there, you know, misses two free throws after he has a drive to basket. It's just deflating. Just the whole season 
never but I would argue it. he never really understood how he's going to fit with that and they have to figure that out this I offseason. would argue he doesn't care he's lost and that's the disturbing thing because there are games there where he fits in perfectly and yes it might take a lot of work and applying it yourself at times in this league is probably tough but there are games that you see where you say that's it that's all you have well, to do and so, some of it I, I just like slightly in fairness to a guy that I've been torching for three years, some of it is system and coaching and leadership. I think he needs to be led a certain way or empowered a certain way, and obviously it's not happening with Tom Thibodeau. There's, there's, There are probably systems that you could take, even lackadaisical, comatose Andrew Wiggins, and he would thrive more than he does in this system. But what's frustrating is the things that he can control, if he were to show any fire at all, any passion, any pride or desire to want to be the best guy on that court— He'd be one of the best players in the NBA, but ninety percent of the time he's on autopilot. And he's say, comatose. Yeah, and when you say three rebounds last night, no assists. Uh, I think it was like four, four. rebounds, but but no again, assists. like a lot of it was garbage time yeah. for him. The points too. Yeah. You know, my my honest question to the Andrew Wiggins brigade at this point would be, what are you hanging your hat on? Because people keep going back to, hey, he's still young, and and of course, like twenty three years old is relatively young. Now Sam Mitchell is on the record. And he told this to Doogie on a recent Scoop podcast, too, and people on Twitter were pointing this out this morning to us, that once you've spent four years in the NBA, you're very close to, to a complete yeah. product. And so if you're going to use the age thing for Andrew Wiggins, just keep in mind when you look around the rest of the playoffs, there's a lot of guys younger than him that are dominating the playoffs and winning series right now. And the problem that I find, and it's, um, I what's the word for it, but he'll have a, a game where he... The light comes on, he plays great, yeah. or, or he'll, he'll play good defense, and everybody's like, see, look at it, did you see the way he played defense? It's like... That's really how we're going to, like, every time he has one good game, we're, he's a max player. That's, that should yeah. be the expectation. And, yeah, that's a huge indictment that we have to, like, point out. And but look, this with is, game three. It's like patronizing. You yeah. know, it's, this is a conversation, I, I believe, about who you are as a person. This goes beyond player. This this is a, if you really think that this guy is going to find God now, and he might, but if you really think, oh, you know what, 25 years old, that light's going to go on. But DeMar DeRozan did. Yeah, yeah he did. Okay. Uh, cool. But let, yeah. but, but, but <laughs> we, yes, he did. But. We've all co- covered sports for a long time, and we've all seen the majority of these cases. And when a guy is not a bust, but he's a player who does not apply himself, the majority of these guys don't apply themselves. And that's, and ever. It, it might be apples or oranges here, but how many years did I, at the end of the year, me and you write that Brian McKinney, I'm going to come back and I'm going to be a pro bowler and I'm going to be yeah. in shape. And it's like, it I'm working out on happened. my bus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm working out on my bus. And I, it, it doesn't matter, Brian. And it's just, it's, it's, to me, it's frustrating because you look at the amount of God-given athleticism and talent that he has, and it's just not being applied consistently. Yeah, it, I mean, it is like, it's crazy. He's a superstar zombie. If you just, if you look at the credentials and you look at his peak performances and you look at what he's able to do, is he... Now, now I do think some of his skill sets are overrated. People people rave about him as if he's like this complete talented player. He's a bad dribbler. Uh, he's got bad pretty, shooter. pretty weak hands. He yeah he's he loves his shot, but he only hits about you know thirty two percent of shots beyond six. I, love my he, shot, he is man. A, yeah. I mean, he is like he needs a lot of work this offseason. I mean, get a shooting coach. I, I I I don't know how you explain the free throws that you've been a pretty good free throw shooter. Now you're a liability. I, I don't know what's going on there, and I don't know if it's just the whole mental. Uh, the mental strain of not knowing how he fits in, of Butler's just screaming at him about play hard, if you know, if it's just affected the way he shoots the ball, I don't yeah. know. But there's but if the solution to that is well, okay, he's got to be more like 
well, he can't have these other alpha dogs around because he doesn't know how to fit in. So if the solution to that is to, like, we'll make him the guy, I'm sorry, that's a 19-win team. Yeah. If he's your best player, you ain't going to the playoffs. Let's take some calls here. Chip's hanging out with us, 651-646-8255. Wolves vent line definitely in play. We'll start with Darcy. Hey, guys, thanks for taking the call. Yeah, man. Um, I, one, of, one of the comments, I guess, that, that certainly rubs me the wrong way is is Chip's comment, which which is actually – the same comment is both false and true, that he changed the culture. Uh, Tibbs did not change the losing culture. That I, I believe that culture was changed by his predecessor. And not to canonize Flip, because, you know, Flip didn't get the wins, unfortunately. Um, didn't get a chance to do that. What Tibbs did is change the culture that Flip built. And and I think at least myself, and, and I can't, you know, I can't speak for a lot of other people, but people that I talk to, that... This team, I believe, has underachieved from the path that you know Flip had designed, and now you know we're bringing in the Timber Bulls, and <laughs> that's, it's good. Not, no, that's a good one. It's yeah. not there. It's not there for where I think a few years ago we all thought it would have been. And to be quite honest, I think with Flip's program, we had a player that was an owner in waiting, and we lost that owner in waiting, and that's the other thing that's distressing. And we talked about this before with Judd that. That's fine to get rid of tips, but who's doing the hiring of the next guy? And do we have any confidence in the guy doing the hiring is going to make a better selection than he made with this one? Yeah. I'll hang up and listen. Darcy, I'm going to piggyback off the first point he made. Is it, I think we all agree, Jimmy Butler is awesome. And Jimmy Butler is the second best player in the history of the franchise immediately next to Kevin Garnett. And it's been awesome to watch Jimmy Butler work his magic when he's been healthy and like the impact he has on the team. But is it possible? the vision that Flip had was a little bit more of a slow cook early on no that would that would peak after the Rockets well, and the Warriors were maybe fading down the hill, and now the Wolves are going to peak early and peak less than the Rockets and the Warriors did. Like, you don't know. We'll never be able to know that. But the Flip's vision, obviously, was this slow build with this group of players, and they're going to learn to win, and they're going to take their lumps. Tibbs went through one year of that and said, uh-uh. Okay, we're not, good here. No. Yeah. We're, we're going we're gonna to speed up this. I don't, I'm not used to losing. So he sped up the timetable. Now what you have to ask yourself is, what is the ceiling with his vision? Right. And that, clearly, they've got a lot of work to do still. I think it's fair to say Flip had a process in mind, and, and it was going to take some time to play out. Tibbs has no patience. Mm. He is a microwave coach. He comes here and throws it all in and says, I'm going to heat this up for a couple of minutes. It's going to be set to go. That's him. So you are, this is not a process here. Like the Wolves aren't going through a process now. The Wolves are going through a, we have to win as quick as possible. Like Towns and Wiggins are still going through a process, but to act but like the it's franchise a, is not. The amount of people, even like the TNT guys who I, 90% of what they've said about the Wolves has been spot on, but even they were like, oh, it's a, like it's a young team. They've got three yeah. young rotation players, Listen, including yeah. Tyus when, Jones, when who plays you, like five minutes a night. When you sign Derek Rose, it's not a process. Yeah, it well, exactly. And, you know, having this playoff experience is going to be good for them. I think. I think it is. I think that is part of the process of growing. But what they saw is there is a gap between them and the best teams. And so now, how are you going to close that gap? And yeah. it's a big gap. We and, saw it. And it's not an experience gap it's necessarily. A, it's, stru- a, it's structure. Yes, yeah. it's a systematic gap. philosophy. Yeah, correct. Uh, let's go back to the Wolves vent lines here. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Our buddy Ed. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Uh, don't bully me. And that was three months ago. I was in good shape. I will That's turn Mackie. my mic off That's while you Mackie, speak. Okay. Yes, I love you. Yeah, I, I'm just. I mean, I just called to be talking. No, I, I've been a <laughs> lived in the Twin Cities my whole life, and I played sports. 
you look at the total picture. I'm looking at the total picture of Minnesota sports for a second. Chip, I'd like your comment too. You start in the gopher area, the football team, the hockey team, the basketball team. Then let's go to the pros. You got the twins now, maybe, but you got the wolves, you got the wild, the Vikings. Yeah, they proved, but they still haven't reached their goal. Maybe if you look at things overall, we don't have the talent that the other teams have. We don't have the coaches that the other teams have. And we also don't have the general managers that these other teams do. Look at Philadelphia 76ers, what they have done in such a short period of time. Um, is, is there? A, you look at the sports scene, and maybe we're just average teams. I mean, you know, having to beat Denver, the you know, the last player, the last uh, you know game of the year, that doesn't show they're a good team. And then they go in. I mean, Indiana Pacers are paying Cleveland. And at least that's a series where, you know, there's two, three point difference. You know, the Wolves get blown up by 20 points. So that's my comment. I just, uh, it's pretty disappointing compared to sports that were here 30, 40 years ago, the Lakers and the Gophers and everything. Yeah. So, hey, thanks, for, thanks for the comment. I mean, the, fun you know, week, thank, the Lakers were great. <laughs> thank Those God, the fun but, days. which by the way, like I wasn't even alive during that era, but <laughs> no. Sid thank, was the thank, best GM of all time. <laughs> thank God for the Minnesota Lynx you know, championships <laughs> exactly. every other year, man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, it's just, it, it it's the same pattern. He's right. It's the same pattern of either underachievement or get your hopes up and then, Super quick fade out or spectacular fade out if you're the Vikings once but, but, every but, ten years in the yeah, championship but, uh, game. But even like look, let's look at the last two the Wolves and Wild. I don't think there's a lot of hopes up. <laughs> going the Wild, there definitely was, was not resignation there. You knew, sure. and this one, you knew. Uh-huh. What, what were we all saying? Ah, oh, this is going to be a bloodbath. This is going to be. A, that's the thing that's fascinating. Is like we were expecting a sweep and like a blowout every game, and yet we're just still fit to be tied, angry with the Wolves. It's it's. I think it comes back to the coach, honestly. I was going to say, I think you, that's exactly it. Do you guys think yes. that there is... Okay, I'm going to ask you guys a Tom Thibodeau question when we come back. About... We'll just save it for when we come back here. And we can talk some draft here with Chip Scoggins. Star Tribune, StarTribune.com. And more of your Wolves vent line gripes. 651-646-8255. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's the weirdest thing I've ever had the misfortune to see. <laughs> Mackey and Judd. Yeah, I, I'd say it's top five. On 1500 ESPN. Save the date for the fourth annual Town Ball Classic, returning to Target Field Saturday, May 26th, presented by 1500 ESPN and the Minnesota Twins. The day will kick off at 10 a.m. with the Class C ball game, followed by Class B and then Class A to wrap up the day. All the games broadcast here on 1500 ESPN, and if you want to get down to the ballpark, tickets are just 10 bucks and good for the entire day. Proceeds from the event benefit the Twins Community Fund. For more info or to purchase your tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. We learned a lot. You know, that it was, you know, you play the number one seed and 65-win team, and they've had a great season, and your margin of error is very small. And so, you know, I thought, you know, when you lose Jimmy, you're losing your best perimeter defender. So that's, that's, a, that's a problem. All right. I got a question for you guys. Kind of, kind of a two-part question. It's kind of a, what, what would you do if you were Glenn Taylor and what do you think is going to happen? So part one is, do you think there's a greater than 0% chance Tom Thibodeau loses his job in the next 48 hours? And part two would be, if we all agree that systematically 
stylistically, leadership-wise. He's just not, like, it's kind of Mark Jackson in Golden State where there's just a cap ceiling on what you can do with a Tom Thibodeau team. Then what's, yeah, other than, like, yeah. the fact that you're paying what's him, the point? like, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, I would, you know, I guess I, yeah, I've learned to never say never on anything, but I, I wouldn't put a high percentage on it just because $24 million is a lot of money for any owner to to eat. Um, but I, I do think there will be some heart-to-heart conversations, and there should be, as I, I'll go back to what I said earlier, that what is, what is the plan with Butler? I mean, can you reasonably expect that he's going to re-sign here, and, and, and how is this whole thing going to work with Wiggins? I mean, those two things to me are hovering over this, over everything else. Now you've got to supplement. You got to your bench. You got to fix. You're gonna to have to get more shooters in here. This roster is not anywhere where it needs to be. But the two biggest things for me are, hey Tom, what's what's your comfort level, confidence level that yeah. Jimmy's going to be here long term? And then two, what is your plan for Wiggins? Because you're not getting anywhere close to the contract that we just right. gave him. I feel like his pl- his plan for Wiggins is he's got to be tougher. He's got to want it more. That, He's got to like things enough, that are obvious, but okay, it's your job if there's if there is an ability to connect there and to get through to him. I mean, you can't just say what the obvious is. Well, he needs to be a better shooter. He needs to do this. Okay, how does that happen? Yeah, what's the plan? You're, I mean, you're yeah. the leader, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, are, are there things you need to do philosophically to get him more involved in? It? I mean, do you need? Are to there pull- things you can do? That's yeah. that's the uh, the question too. Like, I don't think that you can assume. Uh, that you can sit Andrew down and fix this. I think you could hope you, you could, but I don't think it's a slam dunk there. But but I will say this. I think that I don't think, well, while it certainly could ha- happen, that Glenn and Glenn's going to fire Tom, but could I see some changes in the structure of how things are done there? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think that there are, uh, a better chance than firing Tibbs is the realization that giving him complete control was a mistake. And trying to find a stronger GM type to be his boss. Yeah, good luck with that. That's well, not, and it might blow up. That, that's not going to work. Yeah, and, and it might blow up. You, but if you think that's going to blow it up, and then, then like I, just blow it up. And, like, and then, then it might blow up. Like what? what, what it's, it's already a what I'm cost. saying. What I'm saying is, don't sell the factor short that could lead to a complete explosion of some sort that causes a change. I I yeah, can't dismiss that. Yeah, I just don't think you can say, okay, when we hired you, we're going to give you all the power. Personnel, everything, and then a year into it, and say, "Guess what? We're going to find do a you, boss for you." <laughs> do you do you works. trust him more as a coach or as as lead executive? Because I at least trust him more. I, I think a little bit as a coach. The problems, Chip, that you're talking about solving from an administrative standpoint, which which comes to dealing also with people. I don't know. He can. I don't know. He's even capable. Okay, but the only thing, like, let's be honest about this. Tom Thibodeau brought in one of the top 12 players in the NBA in Jimmy Butler. And Taj Gibson has had a nice resurgence. Mm-hmm. He's been a very good player as well. The, Jimmy Butler is the re, like Jim, and the improvement of Carl Anthony or Carl Anthony Towns just like being consistently really good for 82 games for the most part. I mean, well, we, we made this big jump from 31 wins to 47 wins. I would say, well, 31 wins was an underachievement last year, so it's hard to use that yeah, as a yeah. bar. And 47 wins is what you get when you have Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns on the same roster. Like yeah. To take credit from a scheming standpoint is probably not valid because I think you could replace Tom Thibodeau with a bunch of coaches but, that would have led this team to 47 but here's, wins. Here's the, you know, and there's a lot of, ah, we got to get rid of Tibbs. And I understand people are mad, but you understand that if you get rid of Tibbs, you get rid of Butler. He's walking out the door. And then what? What if you got rid of Tibbs and traded Jimmy Butler straight up one year left in his contract for Kawhi Leonard one year left in his contract? All right, now we're just... 
Come on, Chip. And then LeBron signed here. <laughs> and then LeBron, and then LeBron here. quit the Cavs. Walks on the just studio. Here. <laughs> just saying, like, just, but Jimmy Butler again. Like he's Jimmy, walking if it's not Tibbs here. But Jimmy, just Jimmy Butler might not be able to walk in three years. Come, but, yeah, but I'm just telling you, he's not going to resign here with that. I'm just so saying you have to factor that in. I'm just saying, not, Chipper. And then you're back to what? Just don't dismiss the no, point. Normalcy. <laughs> don't don't dismiss the point that I think that something that that the end of the season sit down with Glenn and Tom is going to be very intriguing. And uncomfortable. 651-646-8255. Wolves vet line. Chip's hanging out with us. We're going to give away Minnesota United tickets here before the top of the hour, by the way. Doug, go ahead. All right, guys. You need to come off the edge. Um, So, again, a lot of things I agree with you. But, again, you know, it's been 14 years since they made the playoffs. I think the good thing is I think getting in the playoffs, especially with Wiggins and Towns, um, now they have a taste for this. Um, so I'm not I'm not giving up on on Wiggins yet. I think my biggest question is who is coaching up Wiggins? You know, you know Thibodeau is the coach, uh, but again, who is you know from the coaching staff who is really working with this guy to improve his game? Um, and I also look at Cat. I mean, it's like you know watching him all year. I, I think this guy needs to grow up and quit complaining all the time about being fouled. Um, you know, Tyus Jones needs, you know, where did his shot go? You know, I think, especially with the young players, you know, they've seen, you know, this year, all right, everyone has improvement. Um, and I think, to me, I'm going to be more curious of now what what next year looks like with now this team having a year working together um, as well as now getting into the playoffs. You know, how is, how is everyone, especially the new guys, uh, or the younger guys, you know, how are they going to improve their game? Um, and if there's probably one wish list I would love to see, and if I'm correct, I think Butler lives in Malibu here in the off offseason. Um, it would be neat to see Wiggins uh, go out to Malibu here for a few months and have Butler and Wiggins work together here this summer and then see what happens. So I'll let you go. Thanks, Doug. That's a ton of wishful thinking. That would be an odd couple, those two, wouldn't you? But, you know, I, I do agree with Doug that um... – in terms of offseason, Wiggins needs to get in a gym, whether they are a shooting coach or whatever. He's got to fix his shot, and he's got to learn to take better shots. Well, if he became a really good three-point shooter, like if he went if he went from a guy who probably shouldn't take many threes, which is what he is right now, mm-hmm. or any, to a guy who was shooting close to 40% from downtown, that changes uh, that yeah. almost changes the entire narrative of the roster and Wiggins as a player. But that's another big if. Uh, Wolves' vent line continues. Jimmy, you're on the show. Hey, guys, thanks. Well, the last caller, I mean, he's living in some kind of fantasy land. I think we should jump off of the ledge. We got. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> we got, all we right, got Timberwolves. Issues, all right. I mean, we, we, we cannot have three max players on this team, especially one of them being Wiggy. So, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull a little bit of a Corzo here because I think we got to find a home for Wiggy. There might be a team. Maybe we can get DeAndre Jordan. For Wiggins, I mean, both players are flawed, but I think Jordan would fit better with this team. Um, you know, I probably hey and Chip, can I just say something? I, I'm really I was on Twitter last. I'm really sorry about, about oh, your friend. My condolences yeah. to you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm sorry. I meant to start off with that. Um, but anyway, so we've got um, uh, we got cap issues. We we cannot have three max players in this team, especially one being Wiggy. So we got to find a home for Wiggy. I don't think it's out of the realm if 
if we would get rid of Tibbs, that we would trade Butler for Kawhi. I, I mean, trade one contract one year for one year. I don't think that's out of the question, guys. I mean, I, you know, could we sign Kawhi after that? I don't know, but we can't sign Jimmy, so it might be worth a shot. But, guys, we just got cap issues. We got wiggy issues. We got t- coaching issues. We got bench issues. We got no one that can actually shoot a three points. So I'm jumping off the ledge, guys. I'm sorry. Jimmy, good luck on your fall. We appreciate the fall. <laughs> Welcome fall. to Minnesota Sports, Jimmy. Let's go. Uh, we can mix these in throughout the show too. here, too. Roderick, what's going on, man? Okay. I I think people need to kind of back up and reevaluate where things were at the beginning. Because at the beginning of the season, the goal was to make the playoffs. We had a 14-year drought, and the goal was simply just to make the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, the season plays out. We see how good this team can be, and the expectations were adjusted upward to now wasn't good enough to just make the playoffs. We have to be the fourth seed or the three seed. And the goal was always to make the playoffs. So we made the playoffs. We ended a 14-year drought. The two or three callers ago said something about Flip would have done this or Flip had this. Flip was part of this 14-year drought. When you talk about where this team was at the beginning of the season, where they are now. This was a successful season because we made the playoffs. That was the only goal. Going forward, we can have an expectation that's greater than just making the playoffs. And sure, if we had beat Arizona and beat Phoenix, if we had beat Memphis, we would have been probably a four seed. But the goal at the beginning was just to make the playoffs. And so we achieved that goal. Tom Thibodeau is who Tom is. He didn't come in here with – a promise that he was going to be different than what he was in Chicago. So if the owner or anybody else expected him to be different, that's on them. That's not on Tom. So Tom is who Tom is. And I believe Doogie said about two months ago, he was on your show and he was talking about how when there was talks with Cleveland of trading for Kyrie Irving, that Glenn Taylor stopped having Andrew Wiggins be included in those trade talks. So, yes, we should probably trade Andrew Wiggins, but if Glenn Taylor is going to stop it, if Glenn Taylor expected Tom to be somewhat different, then we're talking about a Glenn Taylor problem, not a Tom Thibodeau problem. And speaking of Andrew Wiggins, you talked yesterday about Ricky Rubio. And let's just say this about Ricky Rubio, and it may be the same case for Andrew Wiggins. There are situations in life, and I'll use a female and I'll use an athlete. There are situations in life when you're dealing with a relationship and this person is lackadaisical, this person isn't stepping up to the plate, and you're frustrated with them. I have a friend of mine. She was dating a man. She wanted to get married to the man. They had been together for 10 years. He never wanted to get married. Finally, she said, you know what? I'm done. I'm out. They break up. Within two years, he meets another woman and gets married. It wasn't the fact that he didn't want to get married. He didn't want to get married to her. And then I think about the football player, Chris Carter. Chris Carter started off at Philadelphia. And what was the famous quote from Buddy Ryan? All he does is catch, is catch touchdowns. And so eventually, Buddy Ryan cut him because all he did was catch touchdowns. And Chris Carter has said that was the best thing to happen to him. Ricky Rubio was never going to be Ricky Rubio with us. He went to someplace else, and because we cut him and let him go or traded him, I'm sorry, he became better. But don't get caught up in, oh, we should never have traded Ricky Rubio. He never would have been good with us. And Andrew Wiggins may be the same way. Andrew Wiggins may never achieve with us. He gets up for Cleveland. He gets up for Los Angeles. He doesn't get up for everybody else. That may be a sign that, look, he will never be what we want him to be, so we need to cut bait and get rid of him now. Right, sure. Do not miss what we said. At the beginning, it was just make the playoffs. Tom Thibodeau is who he is. Give him one more year, and then we go from there. All right, Roderick, thank you. We've got to go. But if if the common denominator among players who are going to go elsewhere and thrive is that they were – 
failures with the Timberwolves? You figure that equation out. It's not that hard. Ten years, huh? It's not that hard. And he dumped her. That's harsh. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got married. She had to feel really bad about that. Uh, I love the passion, though. For the sure. Callers. All for the Wolves' sure. passion's fantastic. Um, Lou Nanny's going to join us at the top of the hour. Talk some hockey. We got Chip in here. Our friend Jamie Watson's got some goodies here for the listeners. Mm-hmm. Actually, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Uh, we're gonna do a Facebook Live ticket giveaway. So be on Facebook Live, and uh, you could win sweet tickets when we come back here to a Minnesota United game. TCF Bank Stadium this weekend, but Judd has a word for Prime Mortgage Landing. Thank you, Phil. Yeah, and if you are are trying to find a mortgage company, I want to suggest my friends at Prime and Kent McCullough, and I want to do it because this isn't about simply selling you on something. This is about earning your trust, and that's what Prime wants to do. In fact, Prime would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. That means that while Prime would love to have you as a client, what they want to do with you is they want to sit down. They want to meet with you. They want to explain their plan. And then the decision is up to you. This is about uh, two things that are very important to Kent and the folks at Prime. And this is both internal and when they sit down to talk to you. Those things are teamwork and collaboration. That's what Prime is all about. It's what they believe in. And if you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance, Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can pay your closing costs, not just include them in your loan, but actually pay them for you? That's right. And once again, this is about teamwork. It's about collaboration. That's what Kent and the folks at Prime want. All you have to do is go to this website to get more information, goprimewithkent.com. Goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T.com. More Mackie and Judd after this. Mackie and Judd now continue. Oh, well, that just makes my nipples hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On 1500 ESPN. All right, Timberwolves. All right. <laughs> Let's do something more uplifting here. Jamie Watson's hanging out with us in studio right now from Minnesota United FC. And uh, if you'd like to rant about the Timberwolves, too, I mean, you're welcome to. Everyone else is this morning. Well, first of all, good morning. Thanks for having me in. Uh, <laughs> Mackie, Judd, Chip, this is the got the whole band back together. We got Harrigan in there. We were just talking. I love the caller who said Timberwolves. The Timberwolves. Timberwolves. Yeah. yeah. If I'm Harrigan, I would have taken the call. I would have heard him say that, and I would have immediately gone, hold on, we'll try to get you on, and hung up and got, been like, guys, I have a great <laughs> nickname I need to tell you. I've been thinking on this A new one. State Fair t-shirt, I think. Yeah, yeah Timberwolves seriously. has to happen. Um, so let's let's do We still have a bunch of Wolves vent line calls, and we're gonna if we don't get time, whether it's Mark or Miguel or Brandon, if we don't take your call here, we'll, we'll open it up throughout the rest of the show, too. But uh, we're going to give listeners a chance via our Facebook page to win sweet tickets to see that they're both sweet tickets and sweet tickets. Oh, I see what you did there. It's a little play on words. Uh, This weekend, Minnesota United FC against Houston, and that's at TCF Bank Stadium, and you can win in this form. So right now, people are probably watching us on Facebook Live. We're going to give you until 11.30 this morning. Jamie Watson's going to deliver a trivia question here very shortly. And uh, if you answer the question correctly in the comment section on Facebook Live by 11.30 this morning, we're going to pick winners who answer correctly at random. And then each winner is going to receive a pair of sweet tickets. And you're going to have to pick those up at 1500 ESPN before uh, tomorrow at 5 o'clock. But... um, Let's do it. Let's fire it up here. And nobody, don't give away the answer in the studio, even though Chip probably already knows the answer. Chip is like an encyclopedia <laughs> of knowledge. He'll know everything. Soccer encyclopedia. Mr. Soccer, yeah. Chip Scoggins. I actually, yeah. I actually missed it. I was I was one off. Did you play herdball when you were a kid in Tennessee? What? Like like little kid soccer where oh, everyone's like oh. traveling in a herd? <laughs> Jamie knows I'm talking uh, about. No. No, I didn't. No. Okay. You could always tell who the decent one was because he was the one kind yeah. of out front and not running <laughs> yeah. to his own goal. <laughs> That's you right, know? yeah. Like creating some space, you yeah. know. Yeah. All right, fire this up. Let's do this. All right, so I was thinking we've everyone's kind of seen on uh, 94 
Allianz Field taking shape and how just incredible the place looks, right? And so I was starting to think, okay, how do we actually get a somewhat hard trivia question that you couldn't just go on, you know, Wikipedia and find in two seconds? So, um, so with Allianz Field next year, roughly there'll be nineteen thousand five hundred seats available. Um, with that, the question I was thinking: if you took from the start of last season, the two thousand seventeen season when Minnesota United turned into MLS, how many games? Has Minnesota United had over nineteen thousand five hundred people in attendance? Okay, I so like that's it. that uh-huh. is the question. How many games since the start of last season uh-huh. has there been over nineteen thousand five hundred people in attendance at TCF Bank Stadium? If you answer correctly, and by the way, don't call us with the answer. You have to post in the Facebook Live comment section of this post, uh, fifteen hundred ESPN Facebook page. So just facebook.com slash fifteen hundred ESPN. If you answer correctly by 11.30 this morning, you'll have a chance. We'll just pick winners at random who answer correctly, and then uh, you'll get to hang out in a suite this weekend. I'm going as well. Houston. Oh, yeah? I'll be there. You excited Scarves for it? For oh, yeah, of course I am, yeah. There we go. You got your scarf ready to go? No. Well, we got to get you one then. You have you, scarves. I think you've had... You probably. I do have a scarf at home. Scarves. I, I do Why have are a you scarf and Ricey so anti-scarves? I'm not anti-scarves. I'm a big scarf guy starting in November or October, perhaps, and going so right through Mar- season. March. He's all the scarves. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Once you guys are in the playoffs, I'm all in. He's it's just been starting to get nice. I'm tired of winter stuff, okay? I don't want, I I don't want a hat on, on anymore. I don't want a scarf here's, on. Here's what I, I want say. shorts, Jamie. Shorts and a scarf. If you don't bring it, you will feel very out of place when everyone else around you How? has it, and they're waving the scarves on the corner. So go ahead. Go this game how, without one, how, and then next game, I guarantee you. How potentially have one. creepy would a forty-eight-year-old guy like me look with shorts and a scarf on? No, no less creepy than when you show up to high school sporting events alone in your mesh shorts. Yeah, I mean that's that's there, that's one A. This the is one B. No. <laughs> because it's the cup. Clearly, because it's the cup. Because right. it's the cup. Jamie, thanks for coming in, dude. No, thanks so much for uh, for having us, guys. And make sure uh, we're actually big announcement we just had last week on the pregame show. Um, Leading up to this week, we are actually having the Adrian Heath show on Tuesday nights from 6 to 7, starting this Tuesday, May 1st again. So I'm Boom. excited to share that with your listeners. You get a chance to hear from Adrian Heath. Uh, he gives you insights That's on the team show. and and great stories and stuff like that. So Tuesday nights, 6 to 7 right here. Um, it'll be run through the entire season. So really thankful to be back with that. Thanks to Brad Lane and, and Heineken for, uh, for sponsoring us for and that. And people can subscribe to that, the Adrian Heath Show, anywhere you would find podcasts. If you're not able to listen live, you can find it, Apple Podcasts or 1500ESPN.com. So uh, looking forward to it. All right, dude. Again, thanks, thanks guys. Jimmy. Appreciate it. Thanks, yeah, everyone. Thanks, Facebook. Lou Nanny will join us. Chip, thank you for yeah, coming in, too, yeah, man. Yeah, All right. Lou Nanny, when we come back, it's Mackie and Jeff from the TCL Broadcast Studio.